Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Hallelujah and greetings in Jesus' mighty name. What a joy to worship together again this precious Sunday morning from different places and indeed different parts of the world too. It's amazing how uh, a couple of years ago the greeting used to be, hello everybody, it's wonderful to have gathered this morning to worship God together as a church family uh, in this place. But now we are greeting people and saying uh, it's wonderful that you, you are worshiping together from different places. Over the last uh, few weeks we have been looking and uh, I've been speaking about this topic the Lord put in my heart called walking in love. And I think even as we saw different kinds of love, how there's five different uh, words that, were, that, that are used uh, for love, and three of which are in the Bible, God's unconditional love, selfish, self-centered love, uh, loving like friends, and th- different kinds of things. And from that we went into how to practically, uh, the call of God for us to walk in love, and how to practically walk in love. And we saw about the walking in truth, how God wants us not only to just, uh, uh, not, not just to simply walk in truth, but to do that in love. God wants us to really love in truth, genuine, sincere love without hypocrisy, a love without hypocrisy. This uh, week, I want to take it a little further, even as I want to take it into this next aspect called selfless love. This morning, one of the greatest journeys that I remember uh, having in my own Christian life, besides passionate about being passionate about the mission of God, has been the great journey of learning to really love selflessly. Selfless love is truly about taking responsibility and learning to serve other people. Many times when we think about love, we think about how God loved us. But we forget that it cost God. For God to love us and to minister to us and to take care of uh, us and to give his life for us. First, the Bible says in John's Gospel 3 and verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have eternal life. Love cost God the life of his Son. Love cost God the life of his Son. If You know, many times when we think of love, many times we're thinking about what can I get? Does he love me? Does she love me? Do they love me? Does the church love me? Do people love me? We often think about what we can get. But we don't know that true love is not about getting, it's about giving. Love gives and fear or lust demands, wants all the time. Did you know that you and I are created? To love God and love people. That is why Jesus said the great two commandments is that you love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And to love one another. You and I, we have all been created to love. But yet we live in fear. When you think about many, look in history, many of the dictators of yesteryears or people that are looking to control with, with, with power and with intimidation. Many of them, or if not all of them, have walked a life and lived a life of fear. They're afraid of their tomorrows. They're afraid what will happen to them. All the way from Hitler to anybody else, they they lived in fear. And so, whenever we're afraid, 
we want to control others. When we are afraid in our marriages, we want to control our spouse. When we are afraid in our environment, we want to threaten and control our environment. When we are afraid of losing power, fear makes us want to control and threaten others. But yet God did not create you and me for that. God created you and me. God created us so that we would love one another. We would be kind to one another. That we would be channels of God's love in a hurting world. You know, many you know, scientists who study these things, they say there are two major emotions. One is fear and one is love. And every other emotion seems to stem from one of these two emotions. You we either walk in love when we love others or we walk in fear. And the truth is, the one who walks in fear is unable to love. And the one who walks in love is not, it's not possible for such a one to walk in fear. The one who fears does not know how to love. And the one who loves refuses to fear because he has known the love of God. God is calling us to this kind of a life. He's calling us to a life of walking in love, learning to love people, to learning to serve from a place of love. Indeed, I'm, not, I'm definitely not advocating uh, you know, for people that are in abusive and broken relationships that are really hurting. Uh, I'm not advocating for you to be there and continue to be abused and all of that, you know, to take all the hitting and all the hurting and all of that. But when we look in the Word of God, I can't emphasize the, how emphatically Jesus spoke about loving even when we were wronged. Jesus spoke about loving our enemies. Jesus said uh, that, that you've heard, you know, uh, an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, love them that hate you. Do good to them that do evil to you. Bless them that curse you. This is a new commandment, Jesus said, I give to you, that you love one another. God is calling you and me to this new journey of love. And God, and Jesus went on to say, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but He came to love. When we encounter the love of God, serving people, we realize that this nature of God inside our heart is, is you know, moves our heart to consider the weaker one and to be considerate to them. When we encounter love, love makes us consider weaker people. Love makes us consider what others are going through. Love makes us ask the question, what, oh, what, what is he going through? What's he struggling? What's she struggling with? The, you know, when I am considerate to other people, I genuinely know in my heart that, you know, we can say that we are actually loving towards that person. Many times we, we try to find fault with people. We want to find mistakes and we want to indict them for their mistakes rather than seeing the good in them and trying to encourage them in what good they have done. Fear makes us look at the weaker one and blame them and to accuse them and to say, and to say mean things about them, put them down because we are afraid of them. We will only attack people that we are afraid of. Because we want to put them down, because we live in fear. Anyone who lives in fear constantly will be in living a lifestyle of accusing and blaming others. Fear makes us look at the weaker one and blame and accuse them, while love makes us consider the weaker one 
and to be kind and gentle and considerate to them. Love would make us think, what, is the, what are they going through? Maybe they're going through a hard time. Maybe that happened in their life because, you know, they've been going through a very difficult season of their life. Fear makes us put others down. Love makes us be considerate. Fear makes us feel a victim. Many times people are peddling this kind of fear. It makes us feel a victim. But love makes us the solution. Fear makes us feel that, oh, because of everyone else, I'm in this circumstance. I'm in this situation in my life because of her and because of him and because of my husband, because of my wife. But love makes us the solution. Love begins to tell us, no, God has placed you here that you can be the solution in a hurting world. You can be a solution in that difficult person's life. You can be that solution in this journey of your life where God has placed you and planted you. Many times in my, around the world we see people take advantage of this, this victim mentality. And because they want to control people's minds, and when you, when you study in history you see, they have used people's fears. They have used people's emotions and, and told and, and reminded them of atrocities and, and, and wrongs and used people's fears. And those people, they, they, they are afraid to come out of that fear because they have not encountered love. But what did Jesus do? Jesus, when he came in the midst of the Roman Empire, they were vicious, they were difficult, they were hard, they were murderous. Jesus, he came right in that midst of that empire. And Jesus came and said, Love your enemies. Do good to them that do evil to you. Even when they took him and crucified him on a cross. On that cross, Jesus hanging there, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Love teaches us to say that. Love teaches us to look at people that are mean to us and to say, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Love trains us to look at people that, are, that, that have a different mindset, a different belief systems, and, and, and are wronging one another. Love teaches us to look at them and say, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Fear makes us feel we are victim. Love makes us the solution. Fear makes us selfish. Love makes us selfless. Love trains us to think less about ourselves and to think more about others. You see, we all begin our life as children. We all begin our life with a desire to receive. As children begin to cry. We cry for anything we want. We want milk, we cry. We want, you know, if you're dirty, we want to be changed, we cry. We cry to receive, we cry to be comforted, we cry to be listened to, we cry to be understood, we cry when we feel self-pity. We cry because we want others to accept us, understand us, believe in us, listen to us, and that's why we cry. But when we begin to grow in the Lord, we begin to continue to, we begin to continue to mature, and then it becomes less about us, and more about other people. Why? Because our source changes. Many times, we want people to say good things about us, and, and be kind to us, and all of that, because... They are our source. They are our source of acceptance. When you are growing up as children, our friends are our source of acceptance. What they say, how they treat us, all of that. But the day we encounter the love of God, we begin to choose to switch from man being our source of love and acceptance. We begin to switch to God being our source. 
when God becomes our source, He satisfies. When God becomes our source, whether people accept us or not, it does not matter. When God becomes our source, we are constantly receiving and we are constantly giving. We are constantly receiving and we are constantly blessing. When we encounter the love of God, in place of fear, love quietens our heart. Love tells us it's okay. Love tells us don't be afraid. Love tells us forgive. It's okay. Calm down. Calm down. And then we begin to change the focus from people to God. That God becomes the source of this love. And when God becomes the source of this love, we are now able to give to other people because we recognize that those people are people who are in need of love. We begin to look at a hurting world as people that need love. And we begin to look at God as the source of our love. You see, many times when, when we go to places, we, we get quietened in God's love and then fear begins to go. Fear begins to leave us when love comes. That is why uh, instead of looking at safety, instead of looking at trying to be safe, we begin to look at how we can serve other people. When we become quietened in God's love, that is what gives us strength to carry many people around the world that are working in very difficult parts of the world. They carry the love of God to those places. They carry the message of God's love to those places. Not because they are not afraid, but because they are encountering God's love. This love in their heart makes them want to serve the downtrodden. This love of God wants to make them kind to other people and help other people and carry this message of God's love and go there. Because where there is fear, love is not in control. But where there is love, fear has to go. There's a choice we can make today. And I believe God wants, to, God wants you and me to make a choice. It's a choice of choosing to serve other people because we love them even when they work against us. Many times, the Bible says, you know, what good is it that when you love the ones that love you? What good is it that you're kind to the ones that are kind to you? The Bible says even the Gentiles do it. You know, the Gentile world, they find it. The ungodly, the people who don't know God, it's easy for them to love them that love their, their, themselves. They love one another so that because they can protect each other's back. But he says, even the Gentiles know how to do that. How are you different, God is asking. How are you different from, how are you and I called to be different from the Gentile world? He says, we are called to be different when we are called to love our enemies. We are called to bless them that curse us. We are called to serve them that have been mean to us, that have been unkind to us. Self-preservation is a basic human nature. We all like to, you know, protect ourselves. It's instinct, it's normal, it's natural. And it's important. You know, when somebody, uh, somebody, something is coming towards your eye, every one of us would just back off to protect our eye. It's the self-preservation that we, we do. But if we would go to a doctor, and we know there is something that needs help, we would allow the doctor to check our eye, and to open it, and to pour some medication in. Why? Because we trust the doctor. In the same way, when we begin to trust God because we are experiencing God's love, now self-preservation does not become our highest priority. Serving others because God loves them becomes our highest priority. More than self-preservation, though it is normal and natural and neutral, 
and it's good in many things. But yet we begin to make choices where we begin to say no more than self-preservation. God, I want to go and I want to love people. Because even though it's beneficial to me to preserve myself, it is more beautiful to God when I go and become the fragrance of God's love to a hurting world. When I become love in my family. When I become love in my home. When I, when I stop walking in fear. When I stop making choices in fear. Every one of us is born selfish. And we begin this journey of walking on to maturity. Into a place of perfect love. And so this growth of journey uh, from a place of fear to a place of love is when we are maturing to become like Jesus Christ. And only someone who's filled with the love of God will be able to go out of their way and serve others, even though we start from a place of selfishness. So let's look at the example of Jesus Christ. What did He do? We see in the Bible, in John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 14 through 18, Jesus said like this, He said, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own knows me. Even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus was very clear why He came. He said, I came to lay down my life for the sheep. How could someone lay down his life? Jesus could lay down his life because he was not afraid. He didn't live in fear. Only those who are not living in fear have the courage to lay down their life. And why was not Jesus afraid? Because he knew whose son he was. He knew he was the son of the living God. He knew he was the king of glory. He said, at my word, don't you know, legions of angels can come. But he never called on them. Because he was not afraid to die. Love makes us lose the fear of death. Love for people. Love for God's people. Love for the lost. Makes us lose fear of suffering and hurt and trouble. Love makes us want to go out and love other people. Verse 17 and 18, Jesus said like this, For this is the reason the Father loves me. Can you imagine? God, God is saying, This is the reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay down on my own initiative. Look what happens when someone is consumed with the nature of love. We learn to serve others out of our initiative. We stop thinking, are they using me? Are they taking advantage of me? And we start thinking, I want to serve because I love them. I want to serve the lost because I love them. I want to serve my spouse because I want to love my spouse. I want to serve the church because I love the church. I want to serve the, my enemies. I want, to take care. I want to be there for them because I love them. And that's exactly what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? While we were enemies of the cross, Christ Jesus laid down His life for us by, and, and demonstrated His love by laying down His life for us. No one can take it away from me. People of God, when you live in fear, you're constantly fearing what others will take from you. When you walk in love, you're constantly thinking, how can I give? to others. Hallelujah. I want to say that again. When you live in fear, you're constantly thinking of what others are going to take away from you. But when you are receiving the love of God, you're constantly thinking, how can I continue to allow God's love to flow through me? In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20, verse 20 through 28, here's this scenario in which Jesus was beginning to foretell His death. 
In verse 18, in Matthew 20, verse 18, he says, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Jesus is literally prophesying. He said, we're going to Jerusalem, and there I'm going to die. This is where I'm going to die. And he will hand them over to the Gentiles, and mock and scourge and crucify him. And on the third day, he will be raised again. Jesus was prophesying his own death, and he's saying, Guys, I want to tell you something. We're going to Jerusalem, there I'm going to die. But he was not afraid to die. Why? Because he was walking in love. Why? Because he came. How, how, how did he walk in love? He came to lay down his life. And why was he not afraid to die? Because he knew on the third day, he was going to be raised from the dead by the Father. People of God, how is it possible for us to continue to walk in love when people take advantage of us? Because we know the third day is coming. We know that there is a resurrection. What is the source of our loving people that are mean to us? We know that in eternity, God is going to reward the people that are walking in love. Hallelujah. We can serve people that are mean to us. We can serve people that are unkind to us. Because we know that in eternity, God is going to bless the efforts that we have made. Now, while this prophecy is going on, while Jesus is saying, I'm going to die and I'm going to, all of that's going to happen in my life. You know, literally, it's at that moment, here are the disciples, James and John, coming and telling Jesus, you know what, Jesus, uh, you know, we think it's pretty cool if you could have one of us on the right and one on the left. And they brought their mother along also to advocate that. And if you could just make us on the right and left. And Jesus said, you have no idea what you're talking about. Well, are you willing to sacrifice, suffer uh, for the gospel? Are you willing to die for the gospel? No, all those things were willing. Just give us a right and left. So what were they doing? James and John, while well, Jesus was talking about giving up our rights and serving in love, James and John we're being carnal and talking about power. Give us power. Give us authority so we can control others. Give us power so we can rule others. Give us authority so we can lord over the others. It's at that time, Jesus, in verse 24 of Matthew 20, Jesus, the Bible says, becomes indignant with the two brothers. He becomes indignant with the two brothers and he says, Jesus called them to himself. He says, come here, James and John. Come here. Come here, boys. I want to talk to you. He, you know, can you imagine Jesus looking at, uh, Jesus looking at them and saying, come here guys, I want to talk to you. You just heard me prophesy I'm going to die. And you're asking me about your right and left. He said, I want to tell you something. He said, you know, the rulers of the Gentiles, uh, they lord it over them. The Gentile rulers, the ungodly rulers who don't know the love of God, those rulers and power-hungry dictators, and those are the people that lord it over the others. But Jesus said, boy, I want to tell you something, if you are my disciples. He said, don't be like the Gentiles, who lord it over them, and their great men exercise great authority over them. It is not this way among you, people of God. The Lord was telling us, it's not, among you, it's not like this among you, but whoever wishes to be great in my kingdom, shall be your servant. If anybody wants to be the great in God's kingdom, God is saying, telling them, a day my kingdom's coming, I'm coming to rule. If any of you wants to be great in my kingdom, then learn to serve others. Learn to serve the weak. Learn to serve the poor. Learn to serve the downtrodden. Learn to serve the ones that don't have a voice. Learn to serve the ones that are wronged. If anyone wants to be great, he says, you shall be a servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. 
What a powerful call. He's saying, I want you to be a slave to those who, among whom you want to be first. You know, that statement is so strong because in Jesus' time, it was the slaves who did the dead, dirty work. The slaves washed their feet when they came in from a long journey. The slaves did all the dirty work. And Jesus was saying, if any wants to be first among you, I'm calling on your heart to be a slave to the people you desire to rule. The Gentiles lord it out of threat and intimidation. But the children of the house of God, they serve others out of love. And then Jesus goes on to say, for the Son of Man did not come to serve, be served, but he came to serve. Jesus knew, knowing the disciples were selfish, Jesus knew that if he served them, he knew that they would learn from his example. And therefore he took the basin and the towel and he washed their feet. He did the menial slave's job so that they would know the greatest king of kings washed their feet. Can you imagine in eternity what Peter and James and John and all the twelve disciples would be thinking when they see Christ in all his glory, when they see he is the one that washed their feet. I can just imagine the, the, the horror on their faces when they see the greatest among them came to serve. So God is calling you and me now and asking us, can we learn to serve unconditionally? Many times we want to serve our own interests. Philippians in chapter 2, verse 2 to 4, the Bible goes on to say, Make my joy complete by being of the same mind and maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit. Do nothing from selfishness. God is saying, if you are my disciples, don't be selfish. Be considerate. Do, be, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but for the interests of others. Wow. Here's an introduction Jesus is making. How do you love others selflessly? By not looking out for your own interests, by looking out for the interests of other people. This concept of selfless love is a powerful concept and we can only do it when we encounter the love of God. You know this because when we begin to love people selflessly, there's going to be loads of giving up our rights. We'll have to sacrifice. We're going to be inconvenienced. We're going to be wrong. We're going to be misunderstood. People are going to question our intentions. They think we'll have bad intentions. And they're going to maybe lie about us. They're going to maybe, maybe people may say wrong things, evil things about us and get us in trouble. But even at that time, the Lord is saying, consider them as fearful people and love them because we are living in a hurting world. You know, all my life I've struggled learning to grow in this area of learning to love people selflessly. Many times we love both selfishly and selflessly. We love selfishly because we can love people so that we can get some benefit back. That is a selfish kind of love. That's genuinely not Bible love. But we love people selfishly and we think in our heart, Oh, I loved him so much and yet look what he did to me. You see, it's because selfish love expects that you know we will get these things back and that's why we love. But selfless love is not expecting things back. Selfless love says, I want to just love because God is love. I want to love because God has called me to love. There are times when we feel we love people and 
we then only later on we realized that it was not selfish, it was selfless. It was not selfless, it was selfish. If your relationships, if your marriage, if your ministry, if your home, if your friends, if your friend circles, all those relationships are full of drama and fighting and, and frustration and and you know, you're, by the time you feel you're giving and giving and giving and you're exhausted from giving and you're tired of giving, then I want you to know that's not selfless love. I'm not asking you to be walked over. Because if your identity is being crushed and destroyed and you're serving and you're forgetting you're, you're serving because you're a child of God, there's no freedom in that. There's no joy in serving. Then every service you do is accounted for. But people are afraid, oh, they will take advantage of me. They're taking advantage of me. And there's constant fear in our heart. That's not the heart of service. Because then surely we have received our reward. But when the Bible says, when we serve, God wants us to serve selflessly. God, the problem is that, that we don't know many times how to serve selflessly. God says, if you're serving selflessly, you're in that marriage for the long haul. You're in that relationship. You're in that home I planted you. You're in that church for the long haul. When uh, you're there to serve and love people selflessly, not based on what you want, but based on how God has poured His love into your heart. And many times, isn't that how mothers love their children? Love them selflessly. They just choose to serve and, and choose the best interest of their children. If you and I begin to love people selflessly, the world would become a very, very different place. So what would be selfless love? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I think if our source is from God and our eyes are in eternity, then selfless love is the nature of God. If our source is from God and if our eyes are in eternity, then selfless love is the life we want to live. But how do we know? Is it possible for me to know whether I am loving selflessly or I am living selfishly. Yes, indeed. I want to tell you eight signs by which you know whether you are loving selflessly or selfishly. The first sign by which you know whether you are loving selflessly or selfishly is the fact that when you are selflessly loving people, you genuinely care for them. You're doing things on their best interest. You care about the well-being of others. You're thinking, by me doing this, will they be in a better place? By me serving like this, will they be in a better place? Selfless love is less about ourselves. And it is more about others. It's more about people. When we begin to think about their well-being, and we begin to know that that is motivating us. Oftentimes when we serve others selflessly, what their response does not motivate us. In fact, I want to assure you, when you love people selflessly and you don't see a response from them, you will be disappointed many times. And you will think, what all we did for them. What all we did for them. And yet, this is, they're so ungrateful. Now, I want you to know that is selfish love. But selfish, selfless love is saying, God, thank you that you gave me an opportunity to model love to them. Thank you that you're giving me an opportunity to change. That I can become Christ in their community. That I can become Jesus where they don't love us or they're hurting us back, we can love them and we can be kind to them. That's the time we are willing to walk away if it's for their benefit. When we care for people, selfless love makes us willing to walk away if someone else is going to benefit from that. Many times we will love people only if we are going to benefit. We want to love people when we get the benefit, when we receive something, when we get some blessing. But selfless love tells us, 
If by you and I walking away from that situation, if they're going to benefit from that, let's walk in love. Sometimes we care for people by going after them. Sometimes we care for people by just giving them their space. By just allowing them to have their space and leaving them alone. Because people walk in fear. People walk in, in, in unsurety and, and they're not confident. Sometimes they doubt us. They can doubt our best intentions. There are many times in my life I've gone to serve people, but people doubt our best intentions. And we've got to give them that space. Because if we genuinely care for people, I want you to know that people sometimes need to be given their space. So if you care, you will go after people. And if you care, you will also learn to walk away. We begin to recognize the needs of other people more than our own because we care for them. We sometimes change our plans. You know, many of us, we have plans fixed in our mind. If this is the plan for the day, nothing's going to change it. But I want you to know love makes us change plans for others. Love makes us change plans for others. I, I remember many uh, years ago, I was traveling to another city and I was flying into this uh, uh, other city and a friend of mine, a man of God, a senior man of God is flying into the other city too. And so he asked me, John, why don't you wait at the airport for me and we'll go together. But he was only going to come in one hour later. And, and you know, waiting for someone one hour in the airport, you lose an hour. I wanted to be at the meeting. I wanted to, you know, be there to set things up and get things going. It was a meeting of leaders getting together. And so this man of God asked me, John, please wait for me. So I was telling him, no, I don't want to wait because it's going to be an hour and all of that. And this man, you know, he, he told me on the phone, he said, John, don't just think with your head, John. Think with your heart. Sometimes, you know, selfless love makes us not only think with our head, it makes us think with our heart. Our head sometimes will walk in fear, but our heart will walk in love. We, in fact, when we care for people, we will also need to speak the truth to them. But we will choose to speak the truth in love. When we care for people, we look at their benefit. We go after them. We care for them. We, when we love them, when we, we, we begin to recognize their needs more than our needs. Most of us spend our lives thinking about our needs. But God's asking, can you walk selflessly towards that spouse? Can you walk selflessly towards that team? Can you walk selflessly towards your enemies? That you will see their need. They're hurting. They're afraid more than they will be able to see your need. And when God gives an opportunity, you will speak the truth in love. So that not condescending, not blaming, not from a place of arrogance, but you speak the truth in love, knowing that Christ loved you. Because love is not jealous. Love does not misbehave. And love is kind. A second way in which you know that you're loving selflessly is when you choose to deny yourself. When you tell yourself, no. You, you, you know in your heart, I can do this, but I'm not going to do this. I have a right to do this, but I'm not going to do this. this. There's a question of letting go of control. Many times, denying ourselves is so hard. Saying no to ourselves so hard, because our flesh loves to have our way. Selfless love puts aside our dreams, our ambitions, so that we can become a blessing to other people. Many years ago, you know, we wrote down a, a mission statement for ourselves. And the beginning, as a family, and the beginning of the mission station st statement went like this. To love and honor God by laying down our prejudices, our desires, our passions, our preferences for the great and higher calling in Christ Jesus. So that at all things and all times, He will have the preeminence. 
You see, loving people involves a lot of laying down. And that's going to mean you and I are going to have to learn to deny ourselves. When we deny ourselves, we are denying ourselves control. We all love to control others. We love to control our spouse. We love to control our children. We love to control our, our leaders. We love to control people outside. And God is saying, if you g- genuinely love people, you will not put them in trouble. You will not con- con- try to control their lives. And you will not you know, lie about them. Or you would not do evil to them. Because godly love blesses and does not curse. We'll do good to people that are doing evil to them. So one of the signs of selfless love is when you choose to deny yourself and you are doing something for others when you're not expecting anything back in return. The human nature always wants things in return. But Christ says, serve with eternity in mind. Maybe you will not get anything back here on earth. But when you see Christ face to face, When you see the Lord face to face, at that time you will know that Christ is the one who honors and rewards us. Selfless love makes you caring for people. Selfless love makes you deny yourself and and serve people without expecting in return, letting go of control and putting your ambition aside and trusting that you can become a blessing to others. Thirdly, selfless love makes you and me want to sacrifice for other people. You see, this is where we become happy to let go so that others can benefit. We, we choose to sacrifice. Isn't that what mothers do or fathers do, godly parents do for their children? They sacrifice. Being, you know, see, selfless doesn't always mean going everywhere and doing what everybody wants. No, that would be, that would be crazy. No, that's not selflessness. Yet, selfless love is to know the will of God. It's to know where God wants me to act, how God wants me to step in. It's becoming, thinking less about ourselves and more about how through my life, other people's world will be a better place. If I serve others, would their world be a better place? Selflessness always, you know, is not easy. It's not, you know, a great place to be in. And it comes at a cost of giving up what we want, our desires, our needs, our plans, But yet, a selfless heart is a sacrificial heart, is willing to sacrifice. That's what God did. Even though He was in very nature God, He came down and sacrificed His life on the cross. And that's why God raised Him up, because Jesus demonstrated selfless love. Selfless love does not take into account wrong done to them. Selfless love bears all things. You see, selfless love denies ourselves and is willing to sacrifice. Fourthly, I believe selfless love, a fourth sign of selfless love, is when you and I are willing to serve others. Sir, we all want people to serve us. That's selfishness, that's fear. But selfless love when we begin to serve other people. He says the greatest in the kingdom are the ones that serve others. So how do we serve? We would serve by bearing one another's burdens. Many times you must be thinking, you must be saying, Pastor, you know, carrying my own burdens is so hard. Where do I have the strength or the courage to take other people's burdens? See, God's not called you and me to carry our burdens. He's, the Lord's saying, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You see, when you and I walk with God, our burdens He carries. And it frees us up to carry other people's burdens and to serve other people. So one of the ways you know that you're serving others is when you become a burden carrier. Wherever you go, 
You become a place where people find healing. You become a place where people find courage and, and strength and encouragement. You become where you put yourself aside because you know someone else needs your shoulders. Someone else needs a place to, to just, to, you know, just to let the, to pour their tears out without you, you know, without you thinking, oh, why am I constantly being the one that is serving others all the time? The Bible says God has called you and me to serve one another. It's not going to be easy. It's many times we people, we like to serve when it doesn't inconvenience us. We like to serve when it doesn't cost us too much. We like to serve when it doesn't bother other people. Uh, you know, we like to serve when we are appreciated. We like to serve when we are uh, lifted up and exalted in front of people. But God is saying, I want you to serve unconditionally. Another way you know that you're serving in selfless love is when you begin to forgive other people. When God calls you to forgive, we don't walk in judgment towards others. We don't walk condemning others. We don't walk remembering all their mistakes all the time. Selfless love has a short memory. Selfless love says, it's okay. Let it go. Let it be. We don't hold grudges. We don't assume they said that. They meant that. We don't assume their intentions. Selfless love chooses to forgive. Selfless love not only chooses to forgive, but also chooses to believe in people once again. God wants us to believe and trust people. Even though they wrong us, we are happy to give them the benefit of the doubt. We ask them, oh, you didn't mean that, did you? It's okay. Selfless love is willing to accept people with their flaws. Why? Because Christ accepted us with our mistakes. Therefore, we don't go around pointing everybody's mistakes to them. We want to accept people saying, this is who they are. Lord, can you teach me to love them for who they are? My flesh wants to only love people who are walking correctly. But my spirit teaches me to accept all people. We don't think about us being right. Bible says, love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love does not keep an account of the wrong that is done towards us. Seventhly, when it's selfless love, selfless love humbles itself. Selfless love is not proud. It doesn't brag. It's not boasting about what we do. The Bible says, even though he was God, he humbled himself. Selfless love bears all things. Endures all things. Selfless love is not arrogant. It's not trying to be proud in front of people. Selfless love humbles down. It's the peacemaker. Selfless love knows to say sorry again and again and again and again. Finally, when you and I walk in selfless love, that's when we know that love never fails. We never give up on people. When you and I walk in selfless love, we believe in people. We believe that people are very valuable. We believe that God so loved people that He sent His Son and today He's sending us. So that no matter how much people fail, we still continue to believe in them. We don't give up on them. And I believe God wants us to forget the past. God wants us to forget what we've gone through. That's why the Bible says that marriage is meant to be a lifelong union. That's why God hates divorce. Because He's saying it's through sickness and through health, through good times, through bad times, through all of life seasons. God is saying, can you continue to love and not give up? God's calling on that selfless love on your heart. And saying, can you choose to be a 
the conduit of love? Can you be the source of God's love? Can you be the one that, that becomes a healing and never give up? Love never fails. Where there's prophecy, it will fail. Where there are miracles, they will fail. Where there's great, mighty ministry, they will all fail. Now these three remain faith, hope and love, but the greatest of this is love. Let me pray together with you today. Maybe you're going through a difficult season of your love. Maybe you're saying, God, I've been pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and I'm running dry. Brothers and sisters, we run dry not because, not because we've been pouring out. We run dry because we're not allowed God to pour in. We run dry because we have not allowed God to pour in. Right now, Father, I pray for these dear people. If any among them is feeling, Lord, I've run out of love. I don't feel love in my heart towards my husband, my wife. I don't feel love in my heart towards other people. Lord, I, I feel hate towards my enemies. Lord, I just pray you pour your love right now. Let your love bring healing into their lives. Let your love bring joy and forgiveness. Let them not keep grudge. Lord, let them not be victims. Let them not have grudges in their heart. Let them forgive as Christ has forgiven. Spirit of God, I just pray that you will lead us to a place of walking in selfless love. I know it's not natural, Lord. It may not be something that we're used to. But we are looking to heaven right now that you be the source. Pour your love into our heart through the Holy Spirit. And we will go out and love others selflessly. We thank you, your word says. We love because you first loved us. And so, Father, I bless up these people. I bless the church. I bless everyone listening. That you will change us from a place of selfish love to live the rest of our life. Selfless love. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you and have a wonderful week loving God and loving God's people. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.